This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. the bit early but jesse just needed to get the end of the bit out and i was like i had to get it out i wonder if there's a whole end to it that i didn't even get to it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be beautiful i just didn't know when we were starting i I had no idea we'd start so sorry (laughs) what was the bit i was it amazing am i missing out john we we were talking about how apparently in england you can study uh clay and that can be like your whole thing and you can like Get a degree in clay How and do, do you quarry guys even stuff. do this every week? I don't understand. <laughs> right? And then we made a joke about how, you know, <laughs> the father was a clayman, the grandfather was a clayman, and by God, you're going to be a clayman too. And then the kid was like, but Papa, I want to be an actor. And he was, yeah, he was, he was like, actor, no, no clayman son of mine is going to be an actor. But then at the end... When he gets up on stage and performs, the dad's in the audience and has a tear in his eye because he's like so proud of his son. Oh, well, we didn't end. get that far. And that's I, I know. That's where I was going. That was going to uh, a lovely ending. Yeah. This right? is just yeah, going to years. Fifteen like, yeah. years ago, fifteen years ago, you could study clay at York. It stuck with me ever since. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what happened. It was stupid. Was, mm. If you want to know the truth, it was stupid. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah. That's, Welcome to the Questional yeah. Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, two minutes early. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Uh, this is episode 233. Mm. One of these days I'll be prepared and actually know the number without having to think about it. I don't know when that'll be. Um, today is November the 13th, or the 13th of November, depending on how anal you are. Uh-huh. And <laughs> uh, I'm back from BlizzCon now. And... Part of me kind just of got thinks, back from BlizzCon. Sort of. I mean, I was jet lagged last week, so I still feel like I'm just now back from BlizzCon. Oh, so you were like chilling? Not really. I was working, <laughs> but like okay, you but back. like you know, work and chill. Working. Work and chill. Yeah. Okay. Work right. and chill, like you do. Yeah. Well, like I do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <the> work and chill. <laughs> Cuckoo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, last week I wasn't here, um, obviously, and I heard the podcast was all the better for it. So good job, Brooke. Not, you did it. not what we said. No, no, no. That's what everybody else said. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, that's not what I heard. And I was on the podcast. Uh, that's not what I heard. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I kind of wish that maybe I would have stuck around and, and, and not maybe have gone to search you, you hadn't event? gone to blizzcon 
I didn't say that now. Um, I mean, you're just taking words like out of my mouth and and do what everyone else. I saw, I saw many. I saw many a Twitter that was like, <laughs> I'm, so sad. "I'm so sad to be leaving." Um, yeah, it's not about the game. It's about the people. It always right. has been. And right. so I know I know Sam fun. went for a day and texted me halfway through the day and was like, he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> a waste of my time, basically. Yeah, no. it was just like, oh, God. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what it's not really anything going on here. Like I said before, I'll say it again. Called that shit early on. This was going to be a make your own fun kind of year. I think and it always is, but that's just me. It It is easy to see coming down the pipeline because Blizzard is very bad at, like, covering... A, they're like EA levels of bad of covering when they have nothing to show. Like, when EA mm. that one year was like, guys, even though <laughs> EA is about gaming, it's right. really about the community. So this year at E3, our entire presentation is 45 minutes of your favorite gamers playing our new Battlefront. And it's like... That was really just, that just was a like really good our old battlefront. That was excellent. Well done. Yeah. And it's it's never okay because then it's like <laughs> they'll never see that we're using their favorite entertainers to make people not realize that we have nothing to show. <laughs> and if only we could make Jesse Cox sell out in such a way. But you can. No, I'm just kidding. I wish <laughs> I wish they would have contacted me. I've been like all the money. Pay me <laughs> all everything. of it. <laughs> yeah, but no, no one does that. Um, I can but, imagine the uh, phone call though. It would be, "I will swim with sharks before you, you know, get me out there to do that." Unless I would you never pay me this amount of money. I wouldn't okay. even, I wouldn't even entertain that. <laughs> I will swim with small fish before I do that, and that would be small better. Small fish. But um, no, I think like Blizzard's big thing is they don't when they don't have something to show, they try to build a con for investors instead and it's kind of like cool but they lost like their stock fell a lot hell yeah they did and i'm sitting yeah. here with my e-trade app open like i'm gonna, get it <laughs> at the lowest. I'm gonna buy into i'm gonna buy that activision stock and be like <laughs> it's still going down and i'm gonna be like yeah <laughs> then i'll own the company and i'll make the games yep wait what's like how how much is it right now uh, I can tell you to buy in to person. buy into Activision right Still now. Still not as low as EA's dip went. I hit that right at rock bottom. I'm just like, this nice. is it. This is it. Activision Blizzard. Make it work. Um, when I started looking at it, it yes. was at sixty four dollars a share. It is now fifty two seventy five a share. Dropped another one point one four today. I am gonna wait. I'm gonna keep waiting. I'm I'm sitting here waiting for this to if this hits making them pay. If it, it's fifty a share, because here's the thing that people don't get. Currently it's low. But mm -hmm. if you look at the overall any stock really, if you It'll look at overall up. the last few years, you see it goes like even though there's bubs, it's still going up. And so you jump in on that shit when it's low, and then you're like bop, 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 money. And that's I'm waiting. I wanna buy, I wanna be like, I wanna show up one day and be like, as a partial owner. Of Blizzard, I have oh, yeah. uh, a few suggestions. Everyone, okay. then it's my time to shine. And then I shall run the Blizz Cons. <laughs> they'll have blackjack and hookers and, hookers and pizza and pizza. 
You know what's really sad is when you said they'll have Black Jack, I heard it as Jack Black, and I was like, Jack Black's already been there, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even Train have been there. I'm still confused about that. Anyway, I know exactly why he was there, or why he, why, why, why Mr. He. Train, why Mr. Train was there. Uh, yes, right. uh, apparently, it's Morheim's favorite band. No, so Rush is Morheim's favorite band. That's what I was told that he selected it as his like bye everyone. The backup because Rush won't be there. I mean, I I can understand yeah. that. If Rush was there, I would have been so excited. I would literally. If Rush were there, Mike would not have been able to keep himself off the stage. That's. <laughs> I would have I would have died there at the con. They would have had to bury me underneath Diablo Immortal. I did you actually play play Diablo Immortal? Oh, we'll talk about that later. I'd like to welcome John to the show. Hello. (laughs) I've learned in the past few minutes apparently I've been doing my Schadenfreude all wrong. (laughs) Like, because normally when like a major company makes a stupid error and loses a huge amount of value, I just feel slightly pleased and smug about it. Apparently, I should have been like profiteering this yeah, whole time. This sure. is I just totally You're missed. All it. doing it wrong. I, Everyone I out there's like I've been doing it wrong. If that makes you feel better, yeah. Everyone Excellent. out there's all like, oh, Blizzard's getting theirs. It's like you fools, you fools. Yes, yes, internet. Hate on them a little while longer. <laughs> and then I'll be like, you know, like guy living in a penthouse on top of a skyscraper looking over the city and with like a giant emperor throne. Nice. You have big dreams, Jesse. I can appreciate that. Same. They're, they're not dreams. They're not dreams, Doug. They're Sorry. schemes. Big oh. schemes. You have big schemes, Jesse. Thank you. Like, scheme big. Oh my God, that's a shirt. Whoa. Do it, <laughs> Jesse. Do it. It's happening. I'm messaging Danny right big. now. Oh my God. The sad Amazing. thing is, is I know you actually are, and it's not just a joke. Nope. <laughs> that is, that I know. Yeah. He's actually going to make it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, John, for those of you, the audience who may not know who you are and what it is that you do in your fabulous free time, What's free time? Uh, free could time. You, right? What is that? Uh, could you just give the audience a little bit of a brief bio, kind of, you know, what you do? So, hello. I'm a YouTuber, and I'm probably best known for doing a whole lot of Fallout stuff. That's how we came to prominence. Back in the day, we used to do a whole bunch of challenge runs for Fallout 3 and New Vegas and Fallout 4 and all of that business. And there's this new Fallout game because they've skipped like Fallout 5 through 75. So there's this new one. (laughs) So, you know, it seemed like a good time for me to come on and have a little chat about all of that, I suppose. Yes. And we're so glad that you agreed to do so. I think I I reached out like maybe like a month or something ago. And I was like, hey, maybe you should come on this one podcast. And, And then I'm like... Wait, Fallout? Mm. Mm. This was, yeah, I think we were originally discussing it around the time of Life is Strange 2. We were. I, like, I absolutely could discuss Life is Strange 2, but give it a month. I can give you I can give you a much better <laughs> discussion about a few bits and pieces when there's a new Fallout floating about. Yeah, and I, I think you, you definitely made the right call on that one. Even you were like, well, maybe if I wait. And I think that was around the time that Bethesda had you up uh, for some... I don't yeah, know, was it an influencer was in gathering or something? I don't actually know what that was. I know I wasn't invited, but then again, I shat all over Fallout 4, so that's probably why I wasn't invited. So. Why? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you might, what, not, what be, yeah, you might not be thrilled about 76 if, if you weren't a fan of four. It is, it's very it's boring. four times bigger than the biggest pile of shit I've ever taken a dump on. So yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. If I can actually spend more time editing the I&I I file than playing it. <sighs> yeah, Fallout. We're going to get there. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do some news just before we totally forget because there's so many games, guys. I have like five pages of games, just games, Yo, games, let's games. let's chat. Let's do this. Let's do it. Detective Pikachu trailer. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. That movie. <laughs> okay. Holy shit. We're yeah. going. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back to <laughs> that fucking Mario movie. We're back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're back. I'm so excited. I, I can't wait. Let me just say for the record. After watching, so I saw that trailer and was like, oh my God, this is, I've never been so excited for something that I'm not that in. Like, I'm not a big Pokemon person, but I was like, I'm in. I'm 100% in. We do. That's exactly how I felt. But then I saw like big Pokemon fans, like from the Poke internet, um, get really like salty and upset about shit. Yeah. Except for Kells. Shout out to Kells. (laughs) But, um, the crazy thing was, is I had, it hit me like a wave where I was like, oh my God, I now see what everyone else saw when Star Wars fans hated on Star Wars. It's like watching Pokemon fans hating on Pokemon is the exact same damn thing. It's like, this isn't mine. This is different from what I enjoy. My character would not be furry. They would in fact be rubbery. And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Oh my god! And it hit me. I was like, "Wow, that's what like Star Wars fans were like. Like, no way, Lightspeed would do that. That is stupid." And you're like, "Yeah." At the end of the day, it's just like fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. It's not real. Think- it didn't break laws of like. It's fun. I think my favorites were people who were like, "Why is Mr. Mime so creepy?" And I'm like, "Why wouldn't right? Mr. Mime be fucking terrifying? Right? <laughs> he should be creepy as hell." I think they wanted yeah. him to be at least less creepy than Jigglypuff, maybe. I but... love Jigglypuff. <laughs> you are I Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Come on, <laughs> you can't. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna ask: Have have either of you got, any of you guys seen um, Ryan Reynolds in the movie Voices? No. Okay. Before Detective Pikachu comes out, I'm going to ask you guys to go and watch that. It is kind of a comedy sort of slasher-ish film. And Ryan Reynolds does the voice of all of the animals. So he has schizophrenia and he has a cat with like, I think it's a Scottish accent. And he has a dog that just has like this really crazy drawl. And I didn't realize he did all the voices initially. And then my ear kind of like picked up on it as I went. And I was like, this is a thing. So it's not just that his animals talk, it's schizophrenia. That's not even like, it's not spoiling anything. It's totally, yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything else about the movie, but you just need to see that. And then all of your Detective Pikachu dreams are going to go burn in a fire. (laughs) Because when I I saw Ryan Reynolds come out of the Pikachu, I was just like, I was like, oh, this just takes me so back to voices. And I'm like, I think it's What's so much better now? than because the other thing that I kept seeing was can't believe Danny DeVito got snubbed as Pikachu and I was like I feel like is this, this gonna be Bill Murray and Lorenzo Music again? <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like Ryan Reynolds still has like sort of a childish quality to him that can work for Pikachu, whereas Deadpool Danny DeVito Never. is like a goof. 
You know, Danny DeVito is like a one-off goof, but he, I don't, I don't want to hear Danny DeVito as Pikachu for a whole movie <laughs> personally. No, I agree. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it. John, what did you think when you saw it? Were you any, I'm going to be honest, I, I saw various little kind of like uh, gifts of it. Mm. I assumed it was like fan made. I, I, I assumed it was did. like, you know, when they made like, what was it? Like a year or two ago mm. when they made that dark Power Rangers yeah, 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 movie yeah. trailer. I assumed it was like that because the setup didn't seem des like, you know, in the first scenes where the kids looking at the tickets, it didn't seem like there was much production value going on there. You could have put that together pretty cheap. So I thought, okay, this is a really, really well done parody or like fake trailer. And that's why the answer is like, no, it's real. That's a real film they're making. And I I'm, I'm going to let you know, this is going to be a surprise. This is going to be, I saying surprise hit seems weird, but this, this movie is going to blow up. <laughs> I guarantee, like, it's gonna win an Oscar. I, Jesse, is is that where we're well, at? I'm. I'm uh, first off, the, the Academy snub. will snub anything. That's I, of good. course, but I secondly, um, I actually know many people who have seen parts of and the entire movie. I guess they're like, Ooh, it's done. Wow. Well, I mean, not all the effects, but there's like they're doing screeners and right, uh, even right. like okay. the Warp Zone went and saw a bunch of clips from the movie or something so like wow. it exists people are watching it and everyone's been like it's really good so i, <laughs> I wonder if they I'm actually excited. i wonder if they purposefully showed it to some people just so that way they could be like no it is an actual movie because i saw bits of that's it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah um it's like influencers director, it's like yeah it's real <laughs> the director i think posted a thing after the trailer came out that was like i've been sitting on this for a while even my kid was like, this is going to be a shitty movie. <laughs> so, like, Whoa. I, think, I think everyone assumes that you can't do a movie like this. And I guess they just, like, put a lot of love into it. And so I'm hoping it is I'm like... So, it, I'm so glad that they went so extreme with it. They weren't what? just like, we're just going to tell the story of Ash Ketchum and uh, Buddy Pikachu, right? It's, like, <laughs> full-on weird. <laughs> and I'm so jazzed. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the only way they could have done it. It's kind of like when we were talking about them making a Warcraft movie and oh, we were like, yeah. oh man, making a Warcraft movie. I really hope that they like do something totally different with it. And they didn't. And right. it, they did. They yeah. did. They did the but. exact same thing that made the Avatar, the last airbender movie crappy. Mm -hmm. They tried to put everything from an entire game into two hours. Just like yeah. Avatar was like, let's cram the entire first season into a two hour movie. Like you can't do that. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. It's just no one thought it through. I have no clue. I have no clue. But I'm, I'm just very curious about the battles. I'm very curious about how they're going to battles. They were a bit cagey about that in the trailer because well, I think the ver the reason they, they always do battles in the games the same way is it's not a contact sport. Pokemon's never been a contact sport. They stay at opposite ends of the arena. They might charge towards it, then they back off. You know, it's not it's not visceral. It's not brutal. They've always kept everyone at arms less, you know, at arm's length because well, otherwise, it's a little bit. It gets a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> that a child is making his dragon eat someone else's pet radish, and that becomes that becomes a problem. And well, I, I'm really, but they seem to be really doubling down on that. Because the, the way I read that little scene at the end is, is that Charizard in an underground illegal fight club? Yes, yeah. if, if is you that know what's going on there? Because that's, that's okay, yes. we're going straight, we're, we're not trying to deny yeah. it's not cockfighting anymore. This is straight up cockfighting with dragons, right. go. Yes, no, that's exactly, if you look at the background in the trailer, there are posters 
for literally not just leagues, but like underground fighting for Pokemon. That yeah. shit is just in this world. And I'm like, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be great. We don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> That's both I, rules one and three. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I no, decided no. we were going to talk about the, the Detective Pikachu trailer. I no, 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 I, 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 no. That was actually that was actually the second thing on my list. The first thing on my list was nowhere near as fun to talk about. So I'm, I'm glad you went there. So now I can kill Joy the entire okay. thing. Uh, obviously, uh, the the late, the great Stanley passed away yesterday. Yeah. I wonder how many cameos we're actually going to get left. Yeah, it's gonna make me really sad. Do you think they'll like CGI him in for cameos? Like probably the next two movies, I would assume. Mm. Yeah, I was saying they are gonna CGI in Stan Lee. Hey, they did it to Carrie Fisher. It doesn't feel as sacrilegious to me for them to do. You're right. I agree. Because because like he was in every movie. And so for them to like CGI him into every movie after that would almost feel like a constant homage to him. Like it doesn't yeah. feel as weird to me as maybe them CGIing in someone else. And the fact that canonically in the Marvel movies, he is the same character. So like the Stan Lee that you see on the moon or the, uh, on the asteroid talking with the aliens oh, yeah. is the stand like all of those Stan Lees are the one guy. <laughs> They've confirmed this canonically. It's the same dude, and at least at one point in one of the movies, he's talking about his other roles in the other movies. So mm-hmm. like, they can do anything with him. Really, they can make him like Stan Lee was an alien dude, and they can do whatever they want with him. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, I think fans would be like, hell yeah. <laughs> And I think because, at least for Stan Lee, he lived, like, a lo- 95? Yeah. Like, and a very yeah, full a life, too. Life. A very feel full like, life. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like his his persona, what I think is crazy, it almost outgrew him, but he was so energetic and so, like, I can keep up with that. And he kept, like, showing up and, like, Excelsior and doing all I yeah. feel like he helped keep his own legend strong so creators and people who are making stuff for the movies and and games or whatever i think they could still i think they can still pull it off and fans would be really excited and be like yeah hell yeah of course he's he's in a video monitor now or of course he's a hologram <laughs> of course right. yeah oh i believe that people would be fine with it mm-hmm. unlike unlike mo- like yeah carrie fisher i feel like is entirely different right yeah. it's a it's a different thing but Stan Lee, he was in, he's literally in Spider-Man, the Marvel Spider-Man, <laughs> you know? So like, you could put him anywhere. I think people would be mostly fine with it. It's one of those strange things, like sometimes like when a celebrity dies, you, you can feel very sad because the, the sadness comes to the fact you feel like, oh, they had a lot they could have given yet. Right. Stanley, I almost like, I don't feel the same way as I do for a lot of other celebrity deaths. I, I, thought, I thought about yesterday was because like, if you make it to the age of 95 and your legacy is you've created pretty much the most popular thing in the world ever. Like that's, that's pretty much, you know, that's, that's a pretty good run. You can't <laughs> hope for much more than make it to 95 and create literally the biggest thing in the world. 
that's that's a I, that's a good result right there. We had the exact same conversation last night. I was like, mm. this is the there are many people who are like really upset, and I get it because it like touched you. But to me, I'm like, dude did a lot and changed a lot and was super important to the like cultural ethos of of our current society like i got nothing but respect for him i i don't feel sad like he left a legacy that was far bigger than than the man could be it's like and it's kind of like a superhero thing it's not about the superhero anymore it's about the like inspiration that the superhero brings and the idea that like you can be better than just like a normal person so yeah, I had the exact same thought. I was like, fuck yeah, Stanley, you did it, dude. Thanks, man. I'm glad so many people have had that reaction. I felt initially like this really big pit of despair, mostly because he still listed like Tobey Maguire's performance in Spider-Man, like his favorite film. And I'm just like, you know, I just I want there to be at least that one more film, and maybe you could change your mind, Stan. Love, Why? Loves all oh, way. Let him let him have his I know. fun. Literally, I know. Li it's so funny. <laughs> like every time he's asked about Spider-Man, he's he, like he loves all of the boys who have played Spider-Man. But so for Tobey Maguire to be your favorite, come on, really? <laughs> That's just wrong. He likes that dance. I he know. likes that black suit, and he likes that dance. That the ugly cry. The ugly cry. I just I couldn't. But yes, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about Microsoft buying all the things? Yeah, sure. you know what? Hi. <laughs> you down? I like, I don't know what it will produce, but I don't think it can be any worse for Microsoft. Yeah, like, what a good company Wait, to buy. I need Context. All right, context. Sorry. Microsoft Sorry. decides that uh, at every conference, instead of announcing or showing, like, I don't know, something that they made, instead they're just going to announce, hey, you know that studio that made that thing that you like? <laughs> we bought it. So at E3, obviously, I think it was like, what, four studios they bought mm -hmm. out? To Ninja Theory, um, who made Hellblade Senua, um, uh, Playground, who did Forza Horizon, there are two more. I'm trying to think. Um, Undead Labs for State of Decay and Compulsion for Contrast and We Happy Few. And then they decide, hey, you know what? Obsidian in exile. Yoink. <laughs> so they like bought out. Yeah, we just had Brian Fargo on the podcast not even, what, yeah. a month ago? And yeah. We made that, I feel like we made that happen. Guys. Butt out. Butt out. <laughs> if anything, we get a cut. We get a, I think we get a little like smoochy. Hey Brian, what's up? What's you know up? What Give me some of that sweet, sweet Bellevue Microsoft money. What up? <laughs> but but I think this is one of those things that's like, if you are an Xbox or PC, because all the Xbox games just come out on PC anyway. So I feel like this is a smart move for Microsoft because they'll actually have games that people want to play on their Xbox um, Game Pass that they're. Desperately yeah. trying to shill. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and it makes perfect sense if you're Obsidian because you're like, we're already making PC games. Microsoft's not going to like take us off the PC market. Maybe so, we can make a game without it being a Kickstarter. Yeah. And this is... My butt's not hurt. I think this is cool. I, I wish them the best because, again, we have that like double A game territory and those are where games are shining right now. And if Microsoft wants to like help those along... I'm so I'm so up for it. I'm so up for it because of a convoluted, long-running conspiracy theory of mine. Uh -oh. oh yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So Give it to follow us. me step by step here. 
Let's go. Yeah. Microsoft, more than anyone else in the world, demonstrably thinks Fallout has a ridiculous amount of vol uh, value. Like they've spent however much money they've just spent making sure it's Xbox at the end of every single Fallout 76 ad you've seen. Like all over EGX, every TV ad, every ad has Xbox at the end, even though it's not an Xbox exclusive. Microsoft has clearly thinks there is huge value to them in the Fallout brand. And then straight after spending all of that crazy money doing that, they buy two studios who between them have got pretty much all the talent that made the one Fallout game everybody remembers is the absolute classic, New Vegas. No. With the exception of Chris Avalone, whose work in Exile has finished as of January, but could probably be tempted back. And they've got the money to potentially sway, you know, sway Bethesda into allowing new things. I think this, if there's one way that there could be a new, new, new Vegas, mm. this is going to be how it happens. Mm. And I'm, I'm just going to cross my finger every E3 for the rest of time and be disappointed every <laughs> E3 for the rest of time. So it's going to keep not happening. Do Are you, you do you, big do Fallout you think, person? Yeah, yeah. Sorry? Are you a huge Fallout person? Yes, yes, I'd, I'd say that's fair, yes. <laughs> okay, just for context for me. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, do you think this is like a long, like the longest of cons? Like there's, <laughs> there, Bill Gates is just, even though Bill Gates doesn't run Xbox, Bill Gates is just sitting there like, step one. He, they're playing like 3D chess and we're over here with checkers. Like we just don't get it. And they're like, and then Bethesda will be ours. And he pushes up his glasses and all of the like, super rich nerds laugh and i wish i was one of them is that what you're saying I, I'm, I'm just I'm, saying I'm this is the perfect combination of money and talent that could yep, make yeah. this happen yeah i i am That's so great. with john on this train i have been on this train since before like waiting for fallout 4 and then being disappointed by fallout 4 and like following everything obsidian did and the only thing i wanted to know finally got answered today after the buyout was announced which was the untitled rpg that tim kane and Leonard were working on. And I was just like, oh God, please tell me that they're not shelving that RPG because I just have this feeling. I just have this feeling because, you know, Tim Kane and, and Leonard, they both were co-creators on Fallout. They led the development. So I just, it's like, I need this untitled RPG to give me the true Fallout experience. Just, I will wait. I will well, wait for this. Find out? Did they, oh, that, they, that they're still doing it. Yeah, that was the thing. I thought that Microsoft would be like, ah, now that we bought it, you know, that, that untitled project that isn't even anywhere near done, we're just going to shelve it. I really thought that they would do that um, and just focus yeah. efforts elsewhere. But no, apparently they are still making it. And I just, please, please fix, yeah, I don't think this fix is the narrative. Nearly, I don't think this is nearly as much as the like coup a lot of internet websites are making it out to be. Like, this seems like one of the most sensible decisions they could make. Like, it doesn't seem like this is a, like, yeah, no, this makes perfect sense to me. I get it. And on both sides, Xbox and NXL and Obsidian side, like, I get it. It's not a big shocker to me. It was a bit of a shock to me after talking to Brian, like, not even a month ago. I mean, I knew that there was some talk about a buyout, but for some reason, I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought yeah. that they liked their independence a little too much. But after so many Kickstarters, maybe you do start to get some wear and tear and Wasteland 3 and yeah. who knows? I, who knows? I, got, I have a feeling Xbox dollars are like, those oh. are some good dollars. Those oh, are sure. some nice crisp dollars. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Give me the crispest ones you have. <laughs>
Uh, before we talk about <laughs> some BlizzCon stuff, I, I know you guys probably talked about a bit of that last week when I wasn't here. Um, sure. Rainbow Six Siege, <laughs> which I still usually still chugging don't. along, still chugging along. And did you guys see the uh, stuff that they pulled out of China? <laughs> what? That was nuts. No. Um, because of all the pressure. That when they uh, did the Chinese, exp the basically bringing the game out to China, they had to remove globally all knives, blood, sexual and violent references, oh, skulls, gambling yeah. references. But this game still has, wait for it, loot boxes. <laughs> of course. Let's remove gambling references, but loot boxes? What what is this you say? I don't understand. So uh, yeah, so Ubisoft respond to this criticism with, well, it's so much easier just to maintain like one version of the game globally instead of like having a separate client for all the different regions, except that they do have a separate client for all of the regions and a separate build for all of the regions. Dear Ubisoft, get some PR, <laughs> some good PR, please. I'm just really curious now. How much sexual content was there in a team arena shooter that didn't have a story? Yeah. All I know is having knives Where globally removed content is yes. How are you going to remove? I just I don't get it. How are you going to remove knives from a game like that? I there was I always felt like there was a lot of will they won't they between myself and my little robot droid that I moved I was around say, and like maybe you know. it's when you're as the droid sometimes you get a little too close to another person. Yeah, a lot of like up. Up pant shots. Yeah, the closer you get to somebody's booty, it just slowly blurs. Yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I was like, a lot of tension. I always felt that. Yeah. And then you put it back in your pants when you're done with it. I was like, mm, this is dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the new knife? Is that like kind of like a comical Austin Powers judo chop when you get behind someone, they just fall unconscious and they're not dead? Good question. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Don't Maybe. know. Maybe there's Maybe. no death in the game anymore. Maybe now it's just painful. <laughs> Maybe they just pretend that it's like a punch. I don't know how knives work in that game, but maybe you just walk around like this, and then when you use it, you, <laughs> you just punch somebody. <laughs> I was at BlizzCon, so I just watched like the outcry, and that that's probably the biggest problem is being at BlizzCon and watching all of these things that I care about unfold while I'm at a convention where things that I care about are... Unfolding? <sighs> yeah, so I guess we'll get into it now. <laughs> what happens at BlizzCon? Yeah, Yay. Okay, so what happened at BlizzCon is I went, and I went out pretty early, which is why I wasn't here, uh, for the podcast. I was trying to be, but that wasn't going to work. I was at the StarCraft Summit before BlizzCon, so I was there very early. Um... StarCraft was great. I have no complaints about watching WCS Global Finals, and that's basically what I did almost the entirety of BlizzCon. I got to sit with Mike and Amy Morheim for the finals. It's like our last Aww. little hurrah, because we usually sit together for the finals, so that was nice. A lot of security sitting around us, which they're in plain clothes, which is very interesting. You just see the earpiece, and you're like, huh. And then... <laughs> Huh. And then they're in front of you and behind you, and you're like, hmm. That was a weird, surreal moment. And he, I'm being introduced to, like, the new guy. I'm going to call him the new guy. Jay you know Allen Brack. Yeah, yeah. Jab yeah. for the kids. <laughs> right. 
he comes and sits down and I'm being introduced to him and the first thing he asks <laughs> because Mike's introducing me like, oh yeah, I've been you know, she's been playing and supporting our games for however many years, blah blah blah, since the beginning of time. And the first thing out of his mouth, so how do you like the new Diablo? <laughs> Oof. Um I hope you made that exact noise. I wanted to. He wouldn't have been able to hear me if I had, actually, because uh, StarCraft was pretty loud. And I just did the most PR thing I could think of to do, which was, well, you know, um, Global Finals has been going on for a while. You know, watch StarCraft a lot. And, um, you know, I've just mostly been, you know, watching the finals. So I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. <laughs> Everyone that I know that's played it really likes it. Yeah, did you did you actually play it? I walked over there and I watched some of it being played and I was, <laughs> and then I went over and played some Warcraft Reforged. <laughs> it's not shit. It's yeah. I'll never actually Is this own the tagline? Is this really the tagline? Diablo Immortal, it's not shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't play mobile games. So, I think okay. all mobile games are awful because I hate the controls on all mobile games, but like it was like all right and it ain't for me. Yeah. But it's going to make them lots a of, ton dollars. of money. Yeah. And it's going to be super popular. And it's going to bring people to the franchise. Like, let's be real, that they need. Because at the moment, ain't nobody playing Diablo. And that, I mean, that's. We just would fact. have. I mean, I had plans. I had big, I had dreams. <laughs> I had schemes. <laughs> And dreams, yeah. okay. Big schemes, big schemes, scheme big. But the thing is, is that they like maybe I'm a crazy person. No, but they said they weren't going to release Diablo Four. Right, and and they because weren't. of that, this thing I did not bother even shipping over to LA because sure. I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with it because I was too worried that it would get crushed. We'll wait. But I just kind of expected them not to announce much of anything as a result of that. It's like if you're not going to give us the good news, then maybe just don't give us bad news. I feel but like I after the see, auction I don't house. See, like, how it's bad. Okay, it's, I don't see how, it's how it's bad. bad. All right, let me rephrase. Not the news that we were hoping to have. Okay, I just like after the whole auction house fiasco, you know, there were a lot of apologies, a lot of try to you know make good with the community, and I just, you know, I thought I thought you know we were just having a come to Jesus moment. We were all gonna take a big breath together, and maybe not do a Q and A. After we dropped the biggest bomb on the Diablo community. That was like the nail right there. Nail meat coffin. Let's not just drop it. We're, we're going to do a QA about it and really set ourselves up for failure. I just, I don't understand that at all. I mean, do you guys feel like maybe that's just a strategic PR move to really just increase the reach uh, of the news? Because I can't I honestly think, think of why they would do it. I think they set themselves up for failure in the planning stages. Mm. Um, I mentioned this in the video that I made about BlizzCon and Diablo. I don't think Diablo Immortal is the problem. I think the way they set up and presented BlizzCon is the problem. Um, yes. Their entire opening segment. And I, this is either the second year or the first year they did it by themselves. I can't remember which. But they ditched DirecTV, and they were like, we're doing it all in-house. We're going to make our own presentation. And I feel like from moment one, from the introduction of Mike uh, Morheim and then him interesting ja uh, jab and then like that being awkward and weird, that whole segment being weird to then um, 
all of the mishaps that happened a lot. Basically, Warcraft had nothing to show. It was like, 8.15's coming. Uh, tune in later. And that was like, and and classic like, take uh, home. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the fact that when they tried to do, uh, like, the Heroes of the Storm character is basically like just a really cool League of Legends character to <laughs> try and do Hearthstone. The Hearthstone thing was an entire, like, technical error to then putting Jeff Kaplan, the most entertaining person left at Blizzard, on to save the day really quickly. And then they're like, okay, back to Hearthstone, then back to Diablo. And then they also set them up for fail set themselves up for failure by releasing all this information about the con early and putting Diablo in the slot that for literally a decade has been the slot where the biggest announcement is. Right. So yeah. everyone sees that and they say, oh my God, that's it. Whatever it is, it's going to be Diablo. And they just all along the way set themselves up for like for an audience reaction that would be negative because everything about it was I don't know the planning I I don't know what they were thinking I truly don't know because Diablo Immortal on its face is not bad but the reaction I get why people were mad because they saved it for last mm -hmm. and they gave the biggest time like the most important time slot to it when it was essentially a spin-off thing that ain't even that big of a deal right? and people like I would have if anything I would have saved Overwatch for last had Jeff Kaplan wrap that shit up and like blow everyone away, show an awesome cinematic, a new character that's two characters, and then, like, give Overwatch the thing. Or, or, or even Reforged. I feel like Reforged was, like, a, such a Reforged bigger deal. I would have been agreed. happy with that. That, sh that should have been it, in my opinion. Yeah. Why do you have a mobile game being put out on the legendary stage? Like, you have this many stages. What's wrong? I don't get it. Yeah. I, 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 again, it's... I, don't I don't fault them for wanting to go into mobile because to no, not there's do money. It, it's, it's money on the table. No, you don't leave absolutely. money on the table. I, I I get that, and I'm yeah I'm with you on that. But I'm I'm not going to apologize for saying that they basically shit the bed. Like brace yourselves, Blizzard fans. There's going to be more mobile games. Get ready. They're not dumb. The mobile market is Hearthstone's been there for a while. Yeah. Diablo's going there. There's going to be more. They're going to take their franchise and it's going to be different stuff. Who knows what's going to be? There's going to be more. And that's just the way life is because mobile is a the biggest market right now. And just because we are computer nerds. <laughs> Doesn't don't mean, mean we don't that, play like, it. We can't understand that shit. Yeah. Like, we live in our, our bubble. We're like, if it's not PC, it's not for me. But I'm letting you know, like that shit is going to happen. And so you just have to accept that. But I think what they did and the order they presented it and the whole that first two hours of the con was just a shit show. And uh, yeah, I, I hope they learn from that when planning for next year because there was ways that they could have done that to like minimize make the damage. people okay with what happened. Yeah, so. right. I think if they would have had anything else to have said about the franchise at the same time, that might have been okay. You know, just reassurance, oh, anything. But now Go it's- back. Now it's going to be like next year. Oh, StarCraft on mobile. It's okay as long as you play Protoss. You can just say move everywhere. Eh, it's all right. If you if you go back, I think they broadcasted it for free, so I'm sure the videos exist. Go back, watch that like hour and a half opening. Everything except for except for Jet. And this is why I truly I believe it was painful. I don't have any desire. Like, <laughs> Thank like, you. Except for Jeff Kaplan, who was like a real Jeff who 
started as the biggest nerd burger that ever lived <laughs> is now a, a full-on personality of his own that's super entertaining to watch and all of his like hesitation about being a celebrity mm-hmm. is gone and he embraces it and it's amazing and watching him be an entertainer is fantastic and i think the other people at blizzard need to i don't know get acting like stage performance trainers because if oh you're yeah i felt stage, so bad for that one guy some oh, of the people they put up on stage you're like oh my god i just want to give you a hug because it's very obvious you can like in whatever they're reading and the teleprompter says like wait for applause and ain't no applause happening and they're just like okay so oh my god i just wanted to be like i'm gonna hug you and tell you it's gonna be okay it'll be like they need a face without mm-hmm. Metzen, without Brode, Morheim. They need like someone to be the face of Blizzard. And Kaplan can only do Overwatch because that's so big. It's its <laughs> own fucking thing. Right. So they need yeah. someone else to do the rest. You should do it, Jesse. Volunteer was tribute. No. Do it. Do Hell it. No. <laughs> no way. I would never put myself through that. Are they you saying like, they couldn't pay you enough to do it? They could not. Other, like, and, and here's what they tried to do. They tried <laughs> to make... Um, Darren DePaul, the oh, mayor of BlizzCon, yeah. to, to like offset that. But they can't, like, <laughs> a voice actor's like, you need to find a dev who's on the inside, who is like, I made these games. This is blood, right. sweat, and tears. I'm so passionate about it that I yeah. want to show you. They need that message who's like, like a combo of charisma and passion. Yeah, they need the person who can come out there and scream for the horde and for the alliance and fucking mean it. Not just like, where are my horde people at? And it's like, <laughs> oh. Right? They want, what like, parties. Right? Uh, yeah, no, chat. Darren DePaul is amazing. I'm not saying he's oh, not amazing. No, he's I'm saying great. he's not the same thing, though. There's a difference between. He's not between, a dev. Yeah. Right. They need a dev who has that. They need someone who can be like, let's do this. Because there was zero when they started. They didn't even have the hype of a normal BlizzCon. No. It was a t- From moment one, it wasn't there. And so yeah. you can understand how by the end, there would be a letdown because. There was all these problems along the way, and it just didn't exist. There was no one to come out at the beginning and be like, yeah, it, did, it didn't happen. They need that. And they need to spend a year finding that person internally and make that person the head of, like, put them on everything. If they have to get <laughs> Ian Hazakostas into, like, I don't know. Make it happen. Make it happen. Like Second City. Send him to Second City for a year. Give him that training. <laughs> get his tight five. Back. It'll be all right. Yeah. Good. Bring him back. Slay at BlizzCon. Be awesome. I mean, it all, it all began, I agree with you, Jesse. It began on a down note because obviously we all knew that Mike was stepping down before BlizzCon even started. So we all oh. went in kind of already crestfallen. We're like, what's going to happen? And then it just continued to go down. I just, I left the legendary stage by the end of it. I heard the booze. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over here and, and watch some WCS. I'm going to watch Serral, like kick ass in starcraft and just call it a day and that was that was blizzcon but you know in in the end finish zerg it's amazing one wcs very first time a foreigner has managed to win wcs global finals and that was cool that was the highlight of my blizzcon (laughs) everything else was just background and filler and i just although reforged that's a thing that's a very big thing for me but uh, other than that, yeah. And of course, running into Jesse Cox was it was a very awesome thing as well in the Hilton lobby. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, just to just to reiterate, if you want to see 
the energy change in the room. Oh, Go watch the WoW Q&A panel when Metzen shows up. Just him being there to ask a question. Everyone's spirits like... It was a different... For that moment, it was a different room. It was like a cloud and, of cocaine had been released and settled. And everyone was really hyped for that brief yeah, they were. <laughs> Questions oh. after him for like the next three or four questions. Even the devs on stage were a little bit more excited. I, yeah, it's just a charisma thing. He's a Everyone storyteller, though. Everyone put stats into that shit, but I'm telling you, stat out your charisma, y'all, because it will help you. I, I think that is the problem, is that Metzen is a storyteller. You know, most of the, the greats at Blizzard are. They are storytellers, and we just didn't have that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just... I, this is the biggest fail whale of a mobile game talk about anything since... I mean, even E3, I feel, with Elder Scrolls Blades was nowhere near as bad as this. And that, that is saying something. Anyway. <laughs> I'm done. Enough of that. Enough of that. I just, want, I just want to echo you quickly. It was really no, nice to actually ahead. catch the, the StarCraft the Starcraft 2 finals. which I, I've, So good. I used to be super into watching competitive StarCraft. I mean way back in the day before you could get English commentary. This was back in 2007 mm. time when you had to, when they just started putting it on YouTube and it was just someone was just capturing the actual straight up Korean with the Korean commentary, putting yep. it to YouTube and capturing it there. That was back in the days of oh, Flash versus Jadong and the, the final uh, Flash versus Stort with the amazing Siege Tank Micro back yeah. in 2007 slash eight. That was amazing. And I, so I, I got into it, I followed it a lot in StarCraft 2, but only really into Wings of Liberty. I never really followed Heart of the Swarm oh. and then whatever. Legacy of the Void, I didn't even mm -hmm. remember the name. Didn't even remember the name. Things didn't follow them to that. So like, I, I, I know my way around like the Wings of Liberty games. I was like, oh, I can totally follow this. What the hell's an adept? <laughs> Those are good. They should just use more of them. They're slaughtering everything. So it, it was it was very, it was kind of, there was a, a sense, a, a bit of a sense of sadness for me actually, because I realized this is, this is a really big bit of YouTube that isn't really there anymore. Like yeah, there were yeah. so many big StarCraft YouTubers back in the day and they're all kind of not, they kind of have gone quiet since yeah. in some ways, you know, Anaris and HD StarCraft and Husky and Lag TV and all of them to some extent or other have gone a bit quiet and gone on to do other things. I was kind of sad actually. What he's talking about, thinking, where did all the YouTubers go? Can we do like a sad Korea. nature documentary where we where we go and find them now and figure <laughs> out what they're doing? Sure, I'll I'll take my camera and go to Korea and show you where all of them are for the most part. Well, ex <laughs> except for you know, I mean, Tasis and Artosis are still doing fine because they're still yeah, doing yeah. the commentary in, in a big right. dramatic, yeah. you know, kind of wrestling style uh, format. I, I was almost surprised by how much high energy it was there. I was I was much more used to the kind of the much more kind of yeah. professional Korean commentary of the the uh, 2007 days, but uh, it's no. intense. It's it's really intense going over there and, and sitting there and watching stuff like, you know, Star League. That is, I just, I can't even describe it in words because matches that shouldn't even seem to be that hype, they get that hype. That's actually, maybe that's what we need. We need yeah. Korean broadcasters to come over and show Blizzard devs how to hype a crowd. Because they will hype anything, and it's fabulous. But no, I was just I, I was just I thrilled when something that I knew what was going to happen. Like, oh my yeah. goodness, he's putting down a proxy star base, and he's going to get an oracle. It was an oracle. There isn't a new air unit. They're using instead. <laughs> yes, I knew that was going to happen. Aww. Uh it was it was really nice to see Sarah win. I, uh, people were crying in the audience, and I, that was kind of 
they made these um, signature series commercials that really like made you want to cry and everything. Like, they brought on like his brother and talked about the struggle and everything because his brother also played. And so here Cyril is, the younger brother, following in his footsteps, also a Zerg, you know, the foreign hope, you know, just like uh, all the feels and then to see him win. And he shows, Cyril shows such little emotion whether he wins or loses, that it's just kind of shocking. The Koreans would actually show, and I hate to generalize, by the way, but I will say the Koreans who competed at the event, for the most part, are known for not showing as much emotion. You know, it gives something away. You know, it shows you that they're on tilt, that you can take advantage of them. So it's just like playing poker in in, in that sort of respect. But he was showing less emotion than any of the Korean players. He's just like, complete stone wall and it's just mm. it was just really impressive to see a 20 year old be able to handle that kind of pressure and he's to come 20. as far he's only 20 and to come as far as he had and just yeah just crushed it and i'm just I'm, I'm i'm really proud of him it's it's still not the finals that i would have wanted to see but that's just me that's just me and my ignore me it was still a great match it was still a great series and i'm, I'm glad that i got to see it and it was really special but yeah, the people crying for him, like in the audience, I was just like, mm, "That's awesome that they got to have that experience." But mm. yeah, I just just missed the kind of the era when before it was anglicized in any way, and there wasn't like an oh, English yeah. language version of it. The music they picked would be so amazingly random. I can't <laughs> remember which competition it was, but I remember oh. in two thousand and six. Oh, yeah. All of the, the intro and outro of every game was Kelly Clarkson's My Life Would Suck Without You. Yep. That was what they went with. And I don't think I, I don't know why they did. They just said, like, yeah, this sounds all right. I don't know what it's about, but screw it. It's fine. We'll just we'll just run with this. And I've, I don't, that stuck with me ever since. I, I I can never hear My Life Would Suck Without thinking, yeah, Starcraft, Flash yeah. versus J-Dog. Yeah, damn it's it. so that's, true. That's the Flash versus J-Dog theme right there. My Life Would Suck Without You. That for me is kind of like uh, during GSTL Championship Series, the the year that Axiom Acer won, which was the last year, so still reigning GSTL champion. Oh yeah, uh, when they kept playing uh, my songs, "Know What You Did in the Dark," I think it was. <laughs> and every time I hear that song, it just it brings back all the memories, and I'm just like, I remember staying up like. I can't even remember how many hours, the time difference, obviously, you know, a bit out there and just, yeah, nostalgia. And I just like start crying and I'm just like, I shouldn't be crying at this song. It's an ugly cry too. It's not a pretty cry at all. And it's just like, and I just go and like hug my GSTL trophy and I'm like, yay. And I feel a little bit better. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I miss the era. I, I miss the Brood War era, definitely. And with StarCraft Remaster, it's actually... It's, you know, in a way, it's kind of bringing it back a bit. Um, recently watched... I would love to see a resurgence of some of the old YouTubers just coming oh, back. Just, just some for of one them last final back. hurrah. Bring them back. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, there, there are casters who are out there still making, you know, that kind of content. I mean, not the same broadcasters that were there, you know, at the time, mm. of course. But, you know, again, most of them have gone on to do other things in the space. And, I you know, I, I mourn for the ones who have left the space, but I'm kind of have to respect the decision that they made sometimes the community can be a bit harsh mm. yeah and when lol came along a lot of people saw an opportunity and you know they gotta they gotta do them and the peace out yeah right but you know esports is bigger than it ever has been and that to me is still a win so 
go with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that being said, maybe we should go to a little bit of a break before we go into games because we have a lot of games. And we also have a new co-optional animated for you guys to watch during the break. But first, you're going to be subjected to... (laughs) The Squarespace ad that may or may not get me strung up and my funding pulled from Shoutcraft Kings for the end of time. No. We'll see how this plays out. This is not going to be good, is it? No. You can do it. You must do it. You can do it. I got it. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'll be watching on stream for the new video. I'm so excited. Me too. Oh my goodness. Okay. We are going to attempt to do this with as few key presses as possible. Uh, Yeah, right. And uh, we will be right back. Hi there, Jenna Bain here from the Co-Optional Podcast. Each week, I spend countless hours playing the latest and greatest video games so I can talk to you about none of them on my weekly podcast. Instead, I bring you irrelevant news topics, ambiguous release dates, and guests who should be hosting the podcast instead of me. With all the free time I've had, I started delving into some of the questions we've received regarding our amazing sponsor, Squarespace. As you know, Squarespace's all-in-one platform offers the tools you'll need to share your story online, whether you're designing a website, buying a custom domain, or building an online store. Let's take a moment to address one of the several fan-submitted questions now. Dear Jenna, Are there any plans to make my website functional on mobile devices? Or is it strictly PC forever? Uh, are there any... Uh, yeah, uh... Squarespace templates are designed to ensure visitors can easily navigate your site on any device they choose. Smartphones, tablets, and smartphones, and tablets. You guys have smartphones, right? Just kidding. Squarespace seamlessly caters to the multi-platform needs in all of us, with elegant templates and professional 24-7 support. Best of all, you can start a free 14-day trial and save 10% off your first purchase by visiting squarespace.com cooptional Take an immortal leap when your website goes from being booed to beautifully scaled on any device. And remember, whether it's domains, websites, online stores, or email marketing, You can name it, build it, sell it, make it. Squarespace. Welcome, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Wow. So am I a Crendor, a Jesse, or a Dodger? Oh, you're definitely a Jesse. 100%. Awesome. I feel feel good about that. I feel good about that. You're a Jesse. Excellent. Yeah. The more I think about it, though, Dodger's a Crendor. Ah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah. You're more of a Crendor. Um, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Just go with go it. On. Go with go it. On more of a Dodger. I don't. What? <laughs> I don't even get to be a Dodger? No, look. I mean, come on. Look in the mirror. You're more of a Crendor. Now more than ever, you become a Crendor. Shit. But Crendor used to dress up as me, so is Crendor a Dodger? Yeah, Crendor is definitely a Dodger. We're all Crendors at heart. Oh. <laughs> like, think about it, though. Like, think about it, man. Really think about it. <laughs> so 
So welcome back. Uh, Do you guys enjoy my failed attempt to make it a Squarespace ad? It was great. It, the people loved it. I all I saw was emoticons here, there, and and whatnot. Not a whole lot of. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how bad things get, but yeah. I had no ideas. I was gone. I was at BlizzCon. I had nothing to do but watch really horrible things happen to the games that I kind of wanted to play. Like High Fallout. quality competition is what you got to watch, by God. Well, I got that, yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like here I have like Fallout 76 beta, and I'm looking at the ground, and I'm like... Oh, yeah. Is this the same engine that we used? We should talk use? about like, Fallout because you need to get it out, I think. Yeah, I think this needs to happen. John, you and me, let's do this. Yeah, All right. Barf it, my dudes. <sighs> need like a bunker to get in. I need to. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm about to go down. Okay, so I'm just going to put it out here. I have spent more time editing my .ini file for Fallout 76 than I have actually playing any of the game. Go. <laughs> it's all oh, you. Oh, this gonna be good. And then after that, didn't they like just revert it so you couldn't do that anymore? So all of that yes! was nothing. <laughs> because like, then I fast traveled and I'm, I'm in a reset by default. And I'm just like, I don't understand. It's... <sighs> Okay, I'm not going to defend the lack of options because the lack of options is a problem. In particular, you can't turn motion blur off. You can't turn depth of field off. Those are the two big ones for me because I hate motion blur and I hate depth of field. And those need to be off. So I ain't going to be defending that. I mean, I I guess like... (laughs) The, I'm sorry, the they're they're hiding. Things, they're hiding, it's great. The frame rate thing's like this weird thing attached to the physics engine, so I guess they can't do anything about that because that's just an engine thing where your movement speed's tied to it is. like the frame rate or something. So yes. I guess we're stuck. And the FOV thing, I don't know if they're like, say they're not doing that because either it, it would be too intensive or because it would give some people competitive advantages. I don't know why. You can't change the FOV because you can't change the FOV in photo mode. So the slide is there. It's not there in photo mode. It's just not there in the options menu, which is kind of where it ought to live in some ways. Um, yeah. So I, so I, just, I'm, I ain't, I ain't going to defend the lack of options because they need to add some. Also, where the hell is the brightness slider? Why is there no brightness slider? There are that a lot of. Maybe at night that gives someone a competitive advantage, but come on, we're clutching at straws here. That should be there. There's, there's so a this lot. This game is great from the options menu. Oh no, no, no! It is absolute fail from the options menu. It's, it's bad. The options it's menu super is bad. bad. Yes. Okay, the options so menu is very bad. Once upon a time, children, are, are you sitting comfortably? We're gonna be here so a while. Yes. Uh-huh. Once upon in, a time. Back in 2011, we decided to make this engine. We're gonna call it. Gamebryo, and we're gonna make Morrowind and Oblivion and all these amazing first player games because first player, whatever. We'll make some like graphic upgrades to the core and then I know Skyrim is gonna be a thing and and we want it to look even better. So we're just gonna fork off of Gamebryo because why not? And we're gonna make our own thing, our little thing called the Creation Engine because that's a really original name, guys. Way to go. Proprietary as fuck. And then, which you would expect, actually. I shouldn't slam them for that, because that's typical these days. Anyway, so PVE engine 
was fine because they were still making PvE games. They made Skyrim and, and the people rejoiced except for when it was launched and then there were bugs and things went wrong. But but it's okay because they recovered and Skyrim was like the best thing ever since sliced bread and whatever. They keep using the same code base for Fallout 3, for Fallout 4, and then Fallout 76. And they think that it's going to be okay. And then we're going to make multiplayer. It'll totally be able to handle it. Totally will. And they tasked this little team in Austin and said, you've got to fix it. And guess what? What was their answer? Well, these are just going to be limitations of the game's engine. Hmm. Bethesda aren't short of money, last time I checked. They probably have a bit of a bigger budget for a game that's four times the size of Fallout 4, wouldn't they? I, I can't. I can't understand. But for some reason, there's no... AA feature to turn off. There's no FOV slider. There's no depth of field adjustment. There's no motion blur adjustment. There's the screen's ambient occlusion causes my frame rate to tank to not even 50 frames per second. I have a 1080 Ti. This shouldn't happen. I'm a little sad. Okay, so that's bad. But, <laughs> but if if we rank Bethesda game launchers, like the state of the Bethesda game at launch, 76 is well towards the top of that list in terms of like, does it actually crash? Yes or no? How often is it crashing? It has crashed for me so many times. Really? Yes. I've I've not that myself, and I haven't seen much chatter about crashes. Uh, I think I had me. two over about 30 hours, which is slightly more than I have in Fallout 4. Fallout 4 mm -hmm. is possibly the most stable game at launch they ever had, which is why they were able to actually make survival mode where you took manual saving out and you could only have the saving of beds because that would not work in Fallout 3 or New Vegas. It would be a thing of madness to pretend that you could play Fallout 3 or New Vegas without being able to save before you go through every door just in case, which everyone who plays 3 or New Vegas still does to this day because they were never sure. made stable. 4 is pretty stable, all things considered. 4 does not crash very much at all, and 76 feels about the same way. I am not scared of 76 crashing when I go through a load zone, of which there are not very many, because next to 4, one of the big improvements is huge internal areas that would have been through a load zone in 4 or 3 or New Vegas or any other Fallout game are very often part of the overworld. The vast majority of the world, like 99% of the world, is all part of one interconnected world, which I think is actually quite impressive and that's a really nice step up as the things like improved lighting much bigger numbers of monsters being actually shown up showing up simultaneously which is even more impressive because of course in fallout 4 the only monsters that need to show up are the monsters that you're literally fighting the rest of the world doesn't need to exist because you're not there to look at it but this universe is existing for however many people it is i think it's like up to like 26 30 in a session simultaneously, all of them could simultaneously be facing hordes of monsters much bigger than anything that a single player would have fought in Fallout 4, and it still runs okay-ish. Not as smoothly as Fallout 4, but you're dealing with a lot more people over a lot bigger map, a lot busier, a lot prettier, a lot better lighting with a lot more monsters. I think if you factor all of that in, for the fact that, you know, only just launched, we're not in terrible shape technically. When the, the stuff day that's wrong one could patch be is bigger than the game. 
Eh? I think that was only for consoles, wasn't it? Because I didn't get that on PC. I think that was in consoles that need to just basically just scrap the beta and re-download the new the game. Here's the thing, it actually I, runs I kind of okay anything. on consoles. Like, that's the, that's the beef, the main beef I have. I'm just like, I relied so much. It's like, oh, you know, they're totally for me. Give me all the PC games. And then it runs okay on console. And then I feel like I'm the one who got completely gypped. I don't know. It's just... I... I don't disagree with all of the achievements that they have reached with this new installment. Mm -hmm. However, not being able to see those things kind of puts a damper on things, especially when a big part of the problem was just the fact that I happened to be running not in full screen because just thought, hey, default borderless. Be all yeah, right. Windows, fine. That's sure, how I run sure, it. Yeah. sure, sure, sure. And then I'm wondering, like, why the frame rate's so bad? Edit a million things in the beta. Turn off everything. It seems for some reason, uh, the temporal anti-aliasing seemed to be way more at fault than re- than standard, which I thought was really jank. But when I finally decided, hey, let's just pop this in full screen and see what it does, it actually was okay now i just wish well this is embarrassing because i played this for like 35 hours and i didn't know that so i'm going to go try that straight after the end of this i'm getting straight in there to try that out it was it i I went from let's see i even wrote it down because i was like i was like if i turn this off what happens if i turn this off what happens i was i was that guy i was literally Mm -hmm. doing that because i was just trying to figure out how to get it to run without i mean it was 40 to 50 frames per second i it's uh 1440 and I'm just, I put it on the Titan, uh, Titan X Pascal. I also put it on the 1080 Ti. And I'm just thinking to myself, there is no reason I need to upgrade anything in this rig in order to play this game. This is dumb. And yeah. I'm sitting here turning everything off. Finally, when I go into full screen, and this is with the actual client, not the beta, mm. 1440, 4K, 80 to 90 FPS. And with 144 hertz, you move ridiculously fast when you're looking at the ground. Yeah. Borderless window, come on! Like, <laughs> this game has given me such. I, I hesitate to use the word because it is a condition, one that I suffer from. It has given me such PTSD that I believe it has ruined any hope I had at possibly appreciating this game. It just, I don't know. I, I'm usually not this bad about launches. I'm because as a World of Warcraft player, I have endured. We've Jesse, back me up. We have seen some stuff. I'm sorry. What error <laughs> code? Thirty-three, thirty-four, right? sixty-four. Error code. Uh, One fifty-two. Oh yeah, I know all the error codes. We, we've we've seen some stuff, and so I, I I like to think I'm relatively tolerant when it comes to like launch day madness and blah blah blah. But the the just complete lack of options. I just. I, I weep. I weep. And the the PR statement that comes back is, before it's even launched, there will be bugs that we won't be able to fix, but it's okay because we're going to support this game until the end of time. That's like telling me that the first 50 years of marriage are going to be like, <laughs> really crap, but it's going to last 50 years. So, hey, just right. hold on to that. Hold on to that real tight. It's just I, I I I take hope in the fact that what is what is missing is not so difficult to, to patch put in, it. right? Yes, no, no, no. and they, that, that's the good part. Fi- I mean, this is not like a situation where you're thinking 
I don't conceivably see a way of fixing this because sometimes a game comes out and you play and you think without them literally having to do one of those situations where they basically like pull it back, refund everyone's money, spend another six months on it and then relaunch it, which sometimes games do. And I have you know, huge amounts of respect for games that basically say, screw it, this is terrible. We're going to tear all this down and start again, which I feel like kind of happened in some you know, quiet way to say, we happy few, which was in an abysmal state when I first played it. Then I played it again more recently and the, the turnaround has been huge. Like it's still not, a, I wouldn't call it a great game, but it's it's a very different game and a much improved game over what it once was. They spent a lot of time trying to improve that. I don't think 76 is in that state. I think 76 is in a state where some fairly modest improvements to it could sort out the problems that most people are having with it. When you bring up, you know, We Happy Few, the same argument that I guess me and Jesse might've talked about though, is like, why would you release it if you know it's not done. Mm. I think a lot of the time it doesn't, it's not up to them. Right. And and I guess maybe in the case of, well, definitely in the case of Bethesda, the pressure is there and it's on to get it out before the holidays in order to ramp. Or maybe sometimes, <sighs> maybe sometimes a dev looks at a game and it's like, let's just move on. Let's release it. <laughs> move on. Just- do the next thing. I think that's also or, a possibility for a lot of people too. Or to take a more positive take on it, when you've got no. a game where there's a big multiplayer focus, oh, maybe you've you. got to say, it's got to get out there. We've just got to let thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever, people play it because that's going to give us way more information about what needs to be fixed than any bad. amount of QA is going to do. But Absolutely. let the beta be longer. Beta let the, yeah, right. The, let the beta be longer. It was only, it felt like it was only maybe a month, if even. It, it, was, it was weirdly short. Like, I was assuming that, like, you know, it was going to be three months ahead so there'd be time to take on the feedback, do a lot right. of rebalancing. I was very surprised that when I went to West Virginia to, to play the first time they let it be seen by the public, that was, like, a month, a month and a half before it, like, started being, you know, people could pay money and actually just start playing it. So right. thinking, this is, that's weirdly soon. That's, mm-hmm. This is weirdly close to launch, that this is the first time you've let anyone outside of your sealed environment play this. Unquestionably, that is the case. But I think, you know, a game like that will be reiterated on, and I think the foundation is pretty solid, all things considered. So how many hours in it total have you got so far? About 30? 35, 40. And that's in the actual game client, not including beta stuff, right? Uh, or is that including beta? That's including beta stuff oh, okay. and pre-beta, the, the public the alpha bit. business. Yeah. Gotcha. Though in all fairness, the, the, the change between the version that's just launched today and the version I played in West Virginia that, was e- that wasn't even like the version that went to beta, not huge. Mm. Not huge. A lot smoother, but not not actually that huge at all. I just think it's, it's a fascinating game because there's two games there. Um, the thing that I see a lot is, I think the biggest criticism I see a lot is people saying, oh, it's a multiplayer game and there's no story, I'm not interested, which is a clear sign that someone either hasn't played the game or is the bit they've played, they've rushed through it. Because Fallout 76 is a really fascinating game because there's two games on top of each other in this game, which is it works as a stupid multiplayer run around shooting things in a team of four if that's what you want to do. But if you play it really slowly on your own, and this is much easier when you're on your own, because when you're on a team, you don't want to be the person who wants to read every single entry in a terminal while the rest of your team is waiting to move on. So it's much easier to do on your own. If you like go to the very first town, 
flatwoods and you look around every building and you start noticing the environmental details and you listen to all of the audio tapes and you look on the terminal and say, okay, what's the foolest of citizens that lived here? Which one of them are accounted for? Which one of them are missing? Where did they go? Okay, I'll follow in the direction. Oh, I found the guy's corpse who was missing and actually there's a note in him and now I know why he went out there. You can follow the life of a kid who was struggling with... PTSD and dealing with the death of his father and his absent father and how he grew up and find out that actually when he got older, because all of this is done through, you know, it's all being done through uh, audio logs and notes and whatever, that he chose to become a caretaker for children and basically become a teacher because of his, the way he struggled when he was young. And you can follow his story. You can find like notes from him written in scruffy handwriting when he was a child and then audio logs from when he was a teenager. And then like notes from when he's older, where he joins the responders and, you know, he wants to do something. And it's, there's some really interesting stuff there. It's very dark as well. There's loot, like, I think it's the darkest Fallout game because that's, these are that's surprising. full of stories. These are the stories from just after the apocalypse. Right. And there's hints of that sometimes. Like in Fallout 3, there's the Keller family transcripts where right. you can listen to the, the audio logs from families from just after the bombs fell. And they're really harrowing. There's one of a girl basically screaming as the bottom, at least she's literally looking at the mushroom cloud. It, it's harrowing. It, it always sticks with me. It's one of the best order dogs in Fallout 3. Fallout 76 is full of that stuff. There is absolutely a huge amount of dark storytelling, environmental storytelling. The stuff that Fallout's always been best at. And people say, oh, there's no NPCs. There's no, there's no story. It's like, People hated the NPCs in the story in Fallout 4. It was a running joke that the moment you got out of the vault in Fallout 4, you ignored Sean and didn't bother doing the main plot because that was boring. Next, just going around and finding your own fun. And that's exactly what 76 is. It's exactly what exactly how everyone played Fallout 4 who liked Fallout 4. So I, I don't quite get the criticism in Maybe that regard. Maybe it's because I don't didn't like Fallout 4 because I was thinking it was going to be something else. But I shouldn't have thought it was going to be something else because Obsidian obviously weren't behind it i wanted mm. my narrative i wanted my choices i wanted the choices to actually mean something i wanted that version of a story i wanted that darkness that faction uh, mm. deciding factors but we all want something from a game or fr i'll specifically say a franchise you know especially yeah. a franchise that's near and dear to your heart and fallout 4 definitely did not deliver and i felt i was waiting for so many years for that game and then it wasn't what i you know, obviously it wasn't what I wanted. Sure, it was what some other people wanted, and that's all mm. fine and well and good and all. And of course, you know, 76 literally just kind of being four, except bigger and obviously multiplayer. And, you yeah. know, there there are some more narrative sort of breadcrumbs, sort of mm. side questy. Mm. It's there. Yeah. But to me, it's not the crux of what makes a story. The quests are a lot interest, more interesting in 76. Like, 4 has a lot of quests that are go to location. The location in question is thanks to a convenient series of collapsed walls and barricades, very linear. You work your way through, you get to the chest, you pick up a document, take it back to the quest giver, turn it in XP. 76 has a lot less of that and a lot more interesting stuff. It's like, I found a building in the middle of Charleston. And you go in and you have the only way to access the executive floor is by having an executive key card. But you can only get that by doing this little exam and you can actually have to like answer multiple choice questions to get a perfect score to become an executive. But to know what the answers are, you have to find audio tapes from the guy who was setting it that gives you an idea of what his personality is. So what he is likely to consider the correct answer is supposed to be. And that was really fun and interesting and cool. And there's actually quite a lot of like little quests like that in 76. There's a lot less go to location, 
kill a certain number of ghouls, come back. There's a lot more interesting stuff done through the environment and storytelling, which is, I think, a big step up in a lot of ways, actually. I'm not a fan of go fetch quests. Mm. I've never been a fan of those ever. Yeah. So that's there is reassuring. There is less of that. And that's... I think like the problem, the mistake that Fallout 4 made was your choices didn't have consequences for about the first two hours of the game. And, that's, and thus a lot of people assumed that they didn't bother trying things thereafter right. because they assumed <laughs> there would be no consequences. But the weird thing is, it's so stupid the way Fallout 4 is designed because actually after the first opening section with the Minutemen, and once you get back to Sanctuary. After that, you can pretty much do anything and you will be stuck with the consequences. The first time you enter the Brotherhood, you can murder them and the Brotherhood will never work with you again and they will shoot you on sight for the rest of the game. First time you enter the Institute, shoot Sean in the face, boom, dead. The Institute will chase you up with laser pistols, you're never allowed back in. First time you meet um, the Railroad, shoot them, done. They'll die and you have to find another way around the major, the major kind of plot quest that requires you to go to the Railroad because you've killed them. Every, every other part of the game, you genuinely can if you want to, just say, you know what, screw it, I don't like you, you're all going to die, and just wipe out a faction violently, just like you could in New Vegas. But lots of people don't realise that because they never tried, because the first thing you try is, I don't like Preston Garvey, I'm going to try shooting him. Oh, no, he's essential. I guess everyone's essential. I won't bother trying that again. It was the, it was the worst bit of design because I think so many people assume Fallout 4 is a lot more limited than it actually is. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as you jumped into it, I mean, that's your initial impression. I mean, who yeah. in their right mind is actually going to play more than a couple hours of a game and say, eh, maybe this isn't for me, especially when they know the game is that big? Yeah, or it's, that it's a bad first investment. impression. The, giving is. you the power armor, the deathclaw fight immediately just to have a showy intro is not a good intro. Making the first <laughs> fact you run into being the one where there's no consequences for them is not a good idea. It's why in New yeah. Vegas, Yes Man is the last faction you run into because it's the the leftover in case you've ruined everything else. And that's how it should have been. The Minutemen you should have met last mm -hmm. if they're going to be the immortal faction that you have to default to if you've ruined everything else. It was it was bad. I think it was bad game design. But I think actually, once you... I think a lot of people make the mistake of assuming Fallout 4 is a lot more linear and limiting than it actually is. It's because it's initially how it felt. Like yeah, the, exactly. Again, it's, like the, you said, the first the way, couple hours. The way the only game is is very is is poorly done. Mm -hmm. Is it's poorly done. And it was just like a bad taste in the mouth, like from from the word go with that one. Mm. I just yeah, I I've tried to go back to it. I have reinstalled that game. I can't even tell you how many times. And I'm just like, yep, this is going to be the time that I push through. This is going to be the time that I that I get there. And I just I just end up going and playing Wasteland instead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's all about do you have and do you get any joy from grabbing loot, scrapping it, and slowly building better and better weapons and armor, allowing you to explore further and just going on an ever widening circle of looting? If sure, you but then I can play cycle, Minecraft. <laughs> if you enjoy that cycle of looting, it's great. And that's what yeah. 76 is it's that exact same cycle of looting and crafting. And I liked that in 4. I thought it was a really good step up. It's in Fallout 3 and in Fallout 76. and in the old in the older fallouts as well when you go into a room there's only a small number of things you'd ever actually bother with you'd never bother like picking up random junk because it's pointless it's not worth doing like it's just once. there for decorations but in fallout 4 lots of stuff like has situational usage one day you might be all about the desk fans the typewriter because you need 
screws. Another day, anything that's got aluminium is, is amazing. You'll go through the Institute stealing literally everything that's not nailed down the Institute because it's all made of space-age aluminium and it's all shiny. And that's amazing. And you'll find a fish packing plant somewhere. And you'll realize that every single one of the fish trays in that plant, of which there's 100, they're all made of aluminium. And it's the most amazing sensation in the world ever. I've got so much aluminium. I am the king of aluminium. And it's amazing. <laughs> I, got, I get an endorphin rush from the idea of having excess aluminium, thanks to Fallout 4, all right? Oh. If you can enjoy that, it's great. And Fallout 76 is just that. But if you didn't like that in Fallout 4, Fallout 76 is gonna be a hard sell. But again, that's why I think it's really interesting that unlike any other Fallout game I've played before, there's this double layer to it. Treats as a whizzy-bangy four-player shooter, or treats as a very slow-paced single player. I'm going to observe all the environmental storytelling. And it kind of works in both fronts. Not perfectly. It's a flawed game. But I find it so interesting that there's two such radically different games sitting on top of each other. I find that fascinating. The concept of it itself, when they first talked about it, I thought it was interesting too. I just mm. wanted them to develop a new engine for it because I don't know what in the world they're going to do with next Elder Scrolls. It's like Elder Scrolls 6. Come on. What's, what's going to happen now? Are you going to continue to use an engine that's circa 2011 with improvements on top of it like i don't know like there's some there's some limitations there and i know i shouldn't get so hung up on the technical aspect of it but if you can't get to the enjoyable part of the gameplay because you're being hampered by your screen tearing that's problematic for me and oh i didn't have any of that fine I, I i haven't had issues that bad fine they yeah but i mean to your point that is something that's fixable I just yeah. wish that that had been higher on the priority list than perhaps some of the other. I mean, but then again, I don't know what their priority list was because looking at it with the limited options that they have for you to adjust and then, of course, wanting to ban you for kind of hacking the file and making your own changes that made the game run a little bit better. Well, hmm. Yeah, I, I have struggles when they when they patch it. Yeah, I'll give it a chance, obviously. And I just hope that the, the slow single player environmental story bits are not as, I guess, difficult. I won't say difficult. Yeah, I, I will say more difficult to get into to get into that gameplay loop than it was with Fallout 4. Because Fallout 4, I never got there. I just mm. kept on going through the first couple hours again and just thinking, what am I doing? Like, this is what I waited for. I reinstalled this. I literally waited to re-download this, reinstall it, and I'm putting myself through this again for what? So I can be glitched behind closed doors while everything's being shot up outside and I can't participate in any of it because this game is bugged. So, and, <laughs> and that was even way after release. So there, there are, I have, I have issues with Fallout, but the, I, a big part of that really is that it isn't New Vegas. It's not the continuation. It's not the same studio. It's not the same heart that the the, the story had. Oh. But I I am intrigued now that you're saying there's a bit of a new darkness and mm. being it's from close. West Virginia, I'm like you know mm. I feel like I owe it to, to my homeland to you know go see the Mothman in in full Bethesda glory. We'll see how that works out, but. It's yeah. a weird hybrid of all the previous Fallout games because mm. in, it, in its main core gameplay beat, it's very Fallout 4-y. Atmospherically, it shares a lot more in common with Fallout 3, the sense of loneliness and desperation. 
is very that was you know very key to the Fallout Three wasteland. I, I crave it, those things, loneliness mm-hmm. and desperation. So maybe this game is for me after all. <laughs> mm. So that was very much there in '76, but it's also got a little bit more of the New Vegas because Fallout Four had moments of New Vegas enough. Like I'm not sure if you ever would have made it to the. Um, what was the name of the ship? The HMS something. No, probably not HMS because it, it wasn't a British ship. Uh, whatever the, the ship was, there were some really interesting, like, proper, like, skill checks and special checks. And it felt like one quest had just been developed by New Vegas devs uh, because there was a lot of stuff where, okay, you can go and do it this way or you can pass speed checks or you can find ways the to... The kind of Constitution? Be- Constitution, Constitution, USS, not yeah. the HMS Constitution. No, that we do USS. Various wars in American history went very differently to how they actually <laughs> went, yes. Uh, the USS Constitution, that's the one. And it was it's a much more New Vegas quest, and there's lots of more interesting quests at like that. There's way fewer fetch quests, way more quests where they actually say, okay, let's do something a bit more interesting and fun and actually have a really in-depth story for every company, every building, which you can actually follow way more than you could do in some other in some other kind of members of the, uh, entries in the Fallout franchise. So in that regard, it's it's a really fascinating game, and I haven't played it enough to really kind of give it like a proper view. And I'm I'm really glad I'm not the sort of person that tries to review games or put scores on them because I have no clue what score I would give 76 in the minute. Yeah, I, no I don't clue. I don't assign scores to anything. It's I'm so good glad I don't because what the <laughs> hell would I give 76? I do not know. It'd but be it's, way it's too a early, really interesting game. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're here to defend it a little bit because someone had to. Mm. I say, okay, what I'm saying is what I did today when I found out the game was on like nine hours early is I just went and I set up my own little base on a road that is like pretty much the one road that level two characters pretty much have to if they're following the quest markers run down to get from the first quest marker to the first town. And I just set up a town and I just decided to go and be nice to people. I decided to kind of go along to people and say, hello, would you like me to make you a weapon or some better armor than you're going to be able to make, but still within a level range that you can use it right now? And everyone was lovely. Okay. There was, there was one, there was one person who was a dick. Everyone else was lovely. And just like in the beta, it's been generally a very dick free, positive experience so far. It has been a lovely experience today. The community seems very positive and I want to try and contribute to that. So most people just like, oh, that's really kind of you. Thank you. You know, what would you recommend? Oh, the pipe revolver is really good. I'll make you a level five variant. Now would you like it level one or level five? I can make you a high level one, but you won't be able to use it just yet, but it'll be better when you can. And just, you know, giving people these opportunities and putting some mods I've unlocked that they haven't. And people were lovely about it. There was one guy who was a dick who basically tried to sucker punch me because he didn't know that the mechanism exists where duels don't begin until both people have shot each other to can basically consent into violence. So he basically tried to sneak up behind me and knife me in the back. I turned back and said, you know, you can't do that, right? Which one? I just emptied two shotgun blasts into his head, killing him instantly because the fight begins as soon as I opened fire on him. So his shot did no damage and I just did him and I killed him for full damage. And then I stole all his stuff and moved my base away so he wouldn't be able to follow me. That was fun. Isn't it like you still take damage though, right? But the person who hasn't consented to the duel takes way less damage. It's like 1% damage or something. Like a person could stab you all flipping. You need to be away from keyboard (laughs) to be killed in a duel you have not consented to, which I quite approve of because it means the defender has such an advantage. It's a massive disincentive for anyone going around causing trouble because they are going to be at a disadvantage in every fight. Hmm. 
The only thing I, I do have to wonder, you know, you're talking about everybody, and and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, so it's like yeah, I don't mean ahead. I don't mean to crap all over your hopes and dreams of this this game. I swear. Oh please, crap away. <laughs> I will. Jenna no. in league with Satan. Right. What? Um, Sorry. <laughs> in league with Bethesda, you say? No. Um, <laughs> they're literally not Satan yet. We'll we'll see. Elder Scrolls. What? Um, do you think that the majority of the people being nice and positive about this are, are people that are actually just trying to, and, and bear with me here, just just work with me, people yeah. that are trying to justify their investment, not just monetarily, but also emotionally. People have been waiting for this game and as part of their franchise. You know, they, they, they were the people who were able to push through those first two hours of Fallout 4. You know, they followed everything through, you know, the beta. And now it's here. And sure, some things are broken. But are, are, are we all just going to band together in this nice little circle jerk of, it's okay, Bethesda will make it all better as long as we're just very, very patient. Or do you think people are actually being just very, very genuine? It's hard to say because I, I can't read people's inner lives. Oh, no, I, of course. Like, when, when I've kind of, in, you know, when I've spoken to people and like in the PC version, it feels like maybe 30 to 40% of people choose to have microphones on and actually engage with the voice chat. More like 50 to 60% choose to, either they can hear me but choose not to engage or they've just disabled it and they can't hear a word someone anyone's saying to them. It feels like maybe a third of people choose to engage. I've never detected any sense of like, you know, resentment or just power through because I've paid my money. Right. Yet. We're not trying but, to comfort each other in our hour of need. It's actually an okay game, that kind of thing. It's, it's it, yeah, it's it's hard to, it's it's very hard for me to kind of talk to anyone other than myself because that's a very oh, no, personal of course. thing. And it's also something that, you know, people come to a view of. And also a lot of people I was engaging with today because they were level twos and threes. These are right. people fresh out of the vault who have who had just only learned the system. They might grow to love it. They might grow to hate it. So, like, the people I spoke to today, it's 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 hard to say. But, mm. I, you know, it, it feels like the people who I, I met in the late stages of the beta, who would put more like 20, 30 hours in and were in, like, you know, level in their teens and 20s, they were having a mostly good time. And once you're out of the initial area where there's loads and loads of players crowded around the starting area and everyone starts spreading out in whatever direction they feel like, it's a very much like a single-player game again. And running into someone is a very rare thing. And I think like the size of the map versus the number of people they have in a session is balanced about correctly because it feels like, you know, for the most part, it does just feel like you are playing a single player game. Right. You, it does just feel like a single player game. It feels like any other single player Fallout experience. It feels, you know, it, tonally very much like three, gameplay is very much like four. You don't really know there's anyone else in the world. When you run into other people, it's a rare, I use the term rare treat just because the vast majority of people are nice. You know, you'll give them a friendly wave, they'll wave back, you know, you'll, you might Aww. do some trading. Very often there's some, some easy stuff, like one of you has excess ammo, one of you has excess water, and thanks to the ridiculously low stash limits, for God's sakes, Bethesda, please fix that. But thanks <laughs> to the ridiculously low stash limits, normally everyone's desperate to offload something. <laughs> Just like, look, I'm carrying around several thousand 308 rounds. Would you like them? Because I don't. I don't want them. They're just weighing me down. Take them, please. I'm just going to leave the bag here. If you don't want them, that's fine. Do you think that people are so nice because the people who are playing right now are the people who want to be there rather than people who are like, it's the new hype game, so I got to check it out, right? Because there's people who are like, don't play this garbage. I hate it. But the people who are in it right now are the people who are like, 
I want to play this and I want to experience this. And so that's why they're a little friendlier. Yeah, I would imagine that's true in the beta because the people who are pre-ordering are the people who are actually excited for it. And you're naturally going to give probably, you know, more of a more second chances to something that you're personally invested in, something that you're personally excited for. Sure. That's why I wanted to get down, like, just... And I, I literally I spent, like, I think five, six hours just sitting on this road watching new players run run past me and offering to do things for them for free. Today, because I was curious what the new people who were coming in who'd actually just bought the game at launch and hadn't been the ones to, you know, to to actually uh, buy ahead of time, the ones who weren't the ones who were going to, like, you know, be playing the beta sessions, what their view was. Like, you know, were they going to show up? Or was this going to be people from Rust who were just going to try and wreck up the place? Oh, gosh, Rust. Sure. And my view, and it didn't feel like they were for the most part. The one person who tried to shank me was of a high enough level that he was from the beta period and still <laughs> mysteriously didn't understand how the basic mechanics of the work of the game works or whatever. But the people who passed through seemed to be for the most part just having a pretty decent time, all things considered. Good. Cool. That's good to hear. Mm. Um, once, yeah, I guess once everything is sort of settled out, I'll give it another shot. I mean, it is stable now that I'm in full screen. Yeah. Which is such a weird. I just. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna yeah. check that the moment That's this is so over. Weird. I just <laughs> whether I get so massively weird. improved frame rate off that. Getting thirty, you know, extra frames per second. I was just like, this is all I wanted. I sat here trying to edit this thing for I don't know how long. I mean, I, I, yeah, believe me, I could go on forever about how many mm. options I went through. I still hate that distance, that field of distance, um, depth of field bokeh effect. Yeah, the that they still, thing I need, yeah, that yeah. Needs to I be hate disabled. that. I so can't much. tell that would give anyone a competitive, I mean, maybe a tiny long range competitive advantage, but not enough to justify keeping it on like balance grounds. That needs to be able to be disabled. And the default POV being set at 70, like, that's like nauseating for some people. I just, yeah, well, tech specs, I could go on. I won't, um, because uh, Hitman 2 was also a thing. Yeah. The, you know, the weird thing is, I've like, almost I feel like there's nothing to say about Hitman 2, because I went to Rexham and pretty much figured out how to make a Hitman game. Make big level, multiple targets. The targets have interesting stories that interact with each other. There's a bunch of interesting opportunities. And the way to eliminate targets is hilariously over the top and ridiculous. And that's it. Now we'll make five or six of those levels, ship game. Boom. Good game. It's uh, the stuff that I played at E3 was great. I uh, sat because I like was willing to goof around with the because everyone at the demo station had a person with them mm. from the like the dev team showing you how to play and like things you could do so i was in there just like let's get crazy let's get silly and they're in the level they showed which was like a racetrack miami man, yeah okay man i had like eight different ways i could have finished that thing and i was like yeah. what's the craziest one and of course it involved me dressing up as a flamingo and then like sneaking around. It was great. I had so much fun. Those games are fantastic if you just want to like be weird with your murders. <laughs> it's yeah. great. I love I, I, oh. I literally have one criticism on it. And the one criticism is this. it's it's now been so well polished, they've made it too easy. Which is it's Hitman exists in this strange, weird parallel world where you're just walking down the street and you just want to start looking at the map thinking, okay, I'm going to start planning how I approach this target. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to look at this tower. And before you can get around the corner to look at the tower and think, okay, how am I going to approach this? 
you just kind of walk past two people and opportunity unveiling appears on screen and two people just like, hey, did you hear the boss bought a new pet crocodile? He hasn't put safety railings around it though. I sure hope no one pushes him in when he goes and feeds it. Oh no, but he can't feed it right now because he hasn't got the meat. I sure hope someone delivers meat to the boss so he can go and feed his crocodile soon. And like, you know, you say, okay, fine, the crocker thing. I'll go and find the crocker. You're on your way to go to the butcher to get the meat and all of a sudden you'll just pass two more people. I say, hey, did you hear the boss has just bought a massive new fan and he likes standing next to it on the side of a building? But I sure hope no one gets a screwdriver and turns the power way up while he's doing that. That would be really unfortunate if he did. Okay, fine, I'll go and get the screwdriver. We'll do that, fine. Where's the screwdriver shop? Over into that direction. Okay. Hey, did you hear the boss is lactose intolerant? I sure hope no one swaps out the boss's almond milk for actual milk, because he'll probably die if that happens. For God's sakes, guys, all right? Just yeah, but the smart money. Myself, oh, please. You got it. That's for amateurs. What you got to do, get him to drink the almond milk on top of the roof next to the fan above the alligator pit. Yeah, blow him into that crocodile pit. Yeah. That's, that's an S-rank murder right there. That shit's great. You gotta really get them. And like, you know, I, I turn off, I've turned off like the story hints and I've turned off everything, but you just can't go two feet in a Hitman level these days without some, you know, without some idiot talking very loudly about how easy it is to assassinate their boss. Or the fact that one of them will come and investigate a strange noise, but then another of them will come and investigate a strange noise, and then a third of them will come and investigate a strange noise. And you ever wonder when they might notice that the other three, four, or ten of them didn't come back? Hmm. Just well, that's in this house, home invasion. What happened to Phil? Oh, <laughs> I'll go check it out. And then they wait a few minutes and like, Stan's not back yet. What happened to Stan? I'll go look. This, right? that's, how, that's how Monster's been killing for years. That's nothing new. Plus, I think they've given up on the whole ethnicity problem of, of 47, which is basically, like, there's always been a side problem. How does no one spot 47 when in many cases he's totally the wrong ethnicity for the position he's supposed to be in? At this point, I think they've just given up and they're just lampshading it. Because, like, in the Columbia level, you literally join a Colombian band and you're sitting there <laughs> next to three other guys who are completely, obviously different ethnicity to you. And it's not a problem in the slightest. So I think at this point, they're just lampshading it. Unless you're a, a checkout girl with a with a scanner in your hand and right at the back of his head, you just never know who he's going to be. It's just Says ridiculous. Here, uh, assassin? Yeah. Uh, price check on assassin. Price check on assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, though, uh, that glacier engine that has been used for the past 10 years is still the one being used for this game. So but it's really impressive. It like, is. It's, it so runs smoothly. It yeah. looks great. It's, it, it throws a huge number of NPCs and like confetti and stuff happening around and it runs smoothly. It's a really nice engine. I, I just I just like to point that out there for people who are like, oh, well, you know, certain game studios have to use a certain engine or update a certain engine. It's like, no, I'm sorry. IO has been using this engine for 10 years and they're still able to make a game that is... Yeah. Pretty still good. looks really nice. It's, it's colorful. It's, it moves well. It's there's a lot that to recommend about it. It looks gorgeous. It's more of the same. I mean, I feel like it could be one. Oh yeah, that could be a DLC pack of levels. That <laughs> right, could be a right. DLC pack of levels for Hitman One. No problem at all. But at least this wasn't episodic. So good. I'm happy mm. about that. Um, I wish there were more weapons or items though. Like I feel like we haven't really gotten much out of this. If you know what I mean. Like it just. That felt maybe a little bit lacking, but I'm not going to complain. The rest of it's just great. I, I yeah. appreciate how, at least in this one versus the last one, I feel like there are still more creative ways 
to go just like what Jesse was saying like there are more imaginative ways you can go about completing your objective instead of oh I already know before the word go like how mm. exactly I'm going to do this but there are get... they're, they're like oh, they're, really wacky yeah. hidden ways to do stuff the problem is the game is like the boss you know exactly what John was talking about the game yeah. gives you clues but if you don't follow any of those which there you shouldn't exists, yeah there exists insane ways to do stuff and it's like mm. That's how you're supposed to do it. Um, yeah, like it, it, even in the, the demo bit, you could blow up the race car. You could, uh, there, was, like, there were many ways to do it, but the best way that I could find was you blow the race. It was, basically, there was a daughter and a father. Yeah. And it was like you had to take out one or the other or both. The best way to do it that I could find was explode the car off the track into the dad killing both of them. Which is like a one in a million shot, but it's such like that's how you got to do it. You got to really savor the murder, and I think that's that's mm. what makes those games so fun. Is it isn't just like okay, I've got to go in here and kill this guy because he's a bad dude. It's like nah, nah. You gotta like collapse the building onto the alligator, and then the alligator like becomes a monster, and the monster terrorizes Tokyo, and then the guy's like, oh no, and then he gets killed. You gotta like really pizzazz it up. Yeah, I think I found like one one kill in the whole of Miami where nobody tried to tell me while I was doing it. No one tried to tutorialize <laughs> or hold my hand because even if it's not a main story thing where people give you loud conversations about how to do it, sometimes even if that doesn't happen, you get into the right room and suddenly Diana just decides to call you up and say, 47, Diana here. Have you considered putting poison into his mouth? Like, yes, Diana, I'm an assassin. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, do you do not need to call me up every flipping two minutes. I am the assassin. <laughs> you are the handler. You are not my mother. <laughs> I'm going to turn my phone onto silent now, Diana. I'm busy. <laughs> Seriously, Diana needs to stop calling 47 every five minutes to make sure he hasn't forgotten his packed lunch or his mittens because it's ridiculous how much he wants to hold my hand. During but have days. you ever knocked out an entire stadium full of people and taken them all <laughs> to one bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <done> yes. <laughs> I remember one seeing the gif from, I think it was the Paris level of Hitman 1, where someone made a pile of corpses so big that if Hitman, the 47 Kraut, he was completely hidden by them. And he's mm -hmm. like, you pop out, throw a hammer at a new person, and strike a new person to join the pile. I stack bodies. That's, I mean, the replayability yeah. is is there, which I like in a game like this, uh, that yeah. there are just more creative ways, or I see somebody else do something, but I'm like, oh, I could probably do that. Maybe, maybe add a little spin on it here and there. Can we pause for a moment and appreciate the magic that is uncapped FPS. Can we, can we, can we, can we appreciate that for a minute? 144 frames per second. Ah, I die. <sighs> Hitman 2 is everything to, I I'm wanted. I'm trying to find a good emote for Twitch chat for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, and enough positivity. Um, I know oh, we're no. running pretty short of time. I just, I want to... Talk about the quiet man for just a just a minute. <laughs> Holy shit! I yes. haven't played this. Yeah, uh, I want to play it so badly. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, Oof. Oof. I mean, say, I I think, I think y you should play it, Jesse. You do need to not stream it. Do not. Why? Do not record it. You. I don't. I feel like I'm spoiling something if I if I say why. Is that no? no. Fine, fine, fine. I'll play it by myself. I'll play it by myself. I won't. Do, but I'm letting you know. 
Everyone is like, this game is garbage, and it makes me want to play it, it all it, the more. It is all the more. hot, hot garbage. There's, um, a, there's like a specific aspect to this game that makes it terrible for content. That's all. That's all. There that's is. All. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, so... I want, I'm, I'm, I, oh my god, I'm, I'm so gonna, excited. I'm going to break this down for you, okay? All right, so we, as the Corruption of Bloodcast and, and viewers thereof, first mm. saw stuff about the quiet man during E3. Squeenix. I, I'm looking at you. Uh, bring out this trailer, which looks kind of pretty. It's like, okay, but it's, you know, relatively quiet. We're like, who's this? Who's this protagonist? What's going on? What game is this? And, you know, at the end, all you see is the quiet man. And, you know, you're just like, okay, you're curious. Yeah, curiosity is peaked. The, <laughs> the idea, obviously, behind the game, I mean, keep in mind, E3 hype trailer, so it's going to be a, a significant release, you would think. You have a lot of Squeenix push. This is not a game. Just gonna put it out there. It is a cutscene experience with a little bit of a gameplay loop that you will get so sick of so quickly. It's not worth streaming. It rivals the likes of Metal Gear Solid 4 cutscene length. Great. We're talking great. About I'm in. I'm in. This is what I live for. I'm watching this video. No! Everything about this looks no, great. Jesse. Everything looks great. <laughs> No. Oh my god. And then it becomes like a video game. It oh all backfires. God. It all backfires. No, it's... none of this backfires. Okay, so this it... fires. <laughs> if it fires onto my back, it's uh, my back deserved it. This is great. <laughs> this is yeah. great. To, to paraphrase this game, it it begins as every good Squeenix game should with a rivalry over a pair of shoes. Hmm. That's about that's that. real though. That shit happens. That shit. This is this is the realest game that ever got to exist. <laughs> but at the same time, the 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 gimmick, if you will, and this is this is where I've got. The, I mean, cutscenes, one thing. Gameplay loop. It's boring. There is no gameplay loop really. It just button mashing. That's that's all this game game is. <laughs> the problem I have is the gut punch it is to the deaf community. That is like. Hands down, I just, I couldn't. The, the gimmick behind the game is how silent or quiet it is. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, surely it, there will be other things. You know, um, obviously maybe I could read lips to understand my surroundings, what's going on around me. Or even read something that's written down on a piece of paper, which you can't do, but apparently everybody else gets to. The person in the scene with you, he's able to read it. Heck, this person involved doesn't even, they get to read it. You look down and you can't even read what's on the thing. So it just, again, the distinction of this game, what made it special, if you will, is the minimal sound. And I feel like it was a wasted opportunity and that this entire premise for the game, which isn't a game, no, uh, came from some movie studios reject script. Ma many, many studios reject scripts, like at the very bottom of the pile. And somebody pulled it out and said, huh. I bet I can do something with this. And 
literally decided they're going to produce this, sell it to Squeenix. Squeenix is like, okay, it's cool. We're going to charge like 15 bucks for three hours of gameplay that shouldn't even award win like a Golden Raspberry Award after the Oscars. It is probably one of the most terrible games I have ever played. It had the chance to be something beautiful, I guess, or something unique and special. And it's not. It just really isn't. At the same time, Toby Fox releases, like, oh, I don't know, a chapter one of Deltarune and Overrated. Free. Let's get back to Quiet Man for a minute. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before we move <sighs> on, I'm playing this game. This is oh, happening. my God. Just oh, look I at can't. this. That guy, he jittered. He did I like can't. a jitter thing. And you might say that's a bug. I say that's a feature. <laughs> and I'm really excited. I have never been more excited for a game in my life. May I may I also point out there were no subtitles in this game before yeah, they the patched I, it. But even then, isn't it you have to play through the game without subtitles? Yeah, first. I mean that that is that is first? the idea. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, you, what I wasn't gonna yes. tell you, but like, yeah, you oh, have to. Yeah, this whole game you play without being able to read lips or understand what anybody is saying or read anything. <laughs> oh my so God. I'm, I'm so excited. That's ample time for me to be like, hey there, mister, I'm going to punch you up good. All right. Like give them all voices. Like, don't worry, man. We're troublemakers. Oh, I'm so excited. The game is about the <sighs> silence, Jesse. Yeah, but that gives me ample voice acting time to really. That is the my only vocals. thing. That is the only thing where I could think of that that would be a positive for you, Jesse. It, it really I'm is ready the only thing. For this shit. But you're oh gonna. Oh my god. You're gonna need multiple voices though, because keep in mind he can't. No, nah, they all got the same voice. Else. Oh, oh. They're all, all like, oh, we're tough boys, and we're gonna punch you. We're tough. Quiet boys. man. Yeah. Yeah, the combat hey, in this is oh. basically non-existent. You might as well just mash buttons. It's literally like gut punch, gut punch, ah, and is. Like, he's a bodyguard. <laughs> um, yeah. And this all seems that's great. Kinda it. None like, of this I just, seems bad. There's a love triangle. Jesse's gonna enjoy that. Oh my god. Yeah. Are, are one of them? Re is it a redhead? No, I'm sorry. Can I? Can I? You can pretend, pretend it's a redhead. If you sure. can pretend still that it. all these I'm people have it. voices I'm that you can hear. Me. Sure. You know what? Why not? <laughs> I just. I really truly believe that there was an opportunity for this game and that that it just Yeah, when I first saw the trailer for it I, I was, was like, so hyped. Oh, this could be really cool. Mm. Yeah. It it yeah. from it when I saw the initial anything initial, even the trailer and the premise, when I heard about the premise for it, I was like maybe this will be somewhat similar and I it's not similar at all, but feel me. Kind of like Hell Hellblade a bit, you know, where mm -hmm. there are other factors at work that give you totally. an immersive experience that isn't it's traditional. Like sensory overload that right. might happen. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. And because you're deprived of that sensory experience auditorily, you know, you kind of expect other things to, you know, and it is pretty in certain like aspects. Daredevil? You expected this guy to be a superhero? No, I did not. Like, I mean, just because he's a bodyguard doesn't mean yeah. he gets to be a superhero, but... I just expected them to at least acknowledge the fact that if you are deaf, that you would find, I don't know, the ability even to read written text on a piece of paper to be possible. 
Yeah. That's, I just, again, I feel like it was actually a bit of a gut punch to the deaf community. I just, I really do. I mean, like, he got super strength, though, right? He punches people. He punches them over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's the same combo like over it. and over again. I'm excited you're, for this. Yeah, this you're going to enjoy great. this. This may be I can't my wait. game of the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just letting you know right now. That's the year's hilarious. not over. I got a month and a half left. This could be right. you know G-O-Y-T for me. The goit. This could the be goit. the goit. This could be the goit. Why don't we call it that? Why are people like, <laughs> people call things goat, but they won't call it the goit? The goit. We need to have because, a goat award. Because it would be goaty. Oh, man. We're going to run goit. over. I um, Nobody else got to talk about any games. Goit. I'm sorry. That uh, We're just going to okay. have to cover that um, next week. Oh, no, you're right. It wouldn't be game of year the. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. I thought maybe you were playing dumb. No, <laughs> I am dumb. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I don't play, miss. I never play. How dare you? <laughs> I thought he was still on the quiet man journey, and I was just going to let him have that. So, no. Game of no, year. let me be embarrassed. Let me be. Let the embarrassment wash over just let me. Let it happen. Let it happen. Luckily, I think a huge amount else came out. I think everything's just a bit shy. It's a bit of a busy week right now. Everything's a yeah. bit scared to come out for the minute. I mean, I wanted okay. to talk about Party Hard 2. I wanted to talk about Call of Cthulhu. I There are lots of stuff I wanted to talk about, but next time. Yeah. Next time. Huh. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. So releases. You know, just obviously Hitman Two. That's that's your thing. That's play it. good. That's a good thing. You should play that. that. Um, Spyro Reignited for those of you who yes. want that in your life. Oats. Yes. So PS4 good. and Xbox. This action. is my new reviewing system. I just say things are good or bad. Hey, like like, do it. Do it. I'm serious. That's good. That's good. I don't dare say that's bad because I once said I was like you know I thought Crash the Crash Bandicoot HD remaster was. Okay, but not spectacular. Oh, oh the, I bet the you were backlash taken. I got from that. You're not allowed to only think that Crash Bandicoot is okay because it's a game from the 90s and thus hasn't necessarily aged, you know, spectacularly well to the mid 2010s. No, no, you are not allowed to criticize that. Uh, Fallout 76, obviously November 14th, so tomorrow. PC, Actually, PS4, it just, they just launched it 12 hours early. Spread. I know, I know. It just, it's on the releases list in such a way. So uh, I really like to think that what was happening there was like they wanted to release it like hour by hour, time zone by time zone, then they realized the restriction of the engine meant that they couldn't. Yeah. There's just one switch. You either have it on everywhere or off everywhere. All right, there's no, sorry, it's an engine limitation. Creation engine can't handle anything but just being on or off. There are no time zones. Um, something that I'm actually trying to look at, um, when it comes out is Underworld Ascendant, um, Kickstarter game, hardcore RPG dungeon crawler. If you like System Shock, Thief, Ultima Mm -hmm. Underworld, it's the guys who made all that awesome stuff. Um, do, 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 that is out the 14th, no, 15th, 15th of November. And I'm just going with this week's releases. Do, 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 really quick and of course the <laughs> oh man the world release for battlefield 5 obviously you could have been playing this already if you paid enough dollars to the ea machine right um but yeah that is out on the 20th for worldwide release that is a thing um i do want to let you guys know our guest for next week and <laughs> If you if you enjoyed our Fallout 
rant today. Just wait. <laughs> There's more. Uh, next week's guest is the unbelievable, uncompromising Mr. Jim Sterling. So oh, tune nice. in for that. I don't know. I don't trust. I don't trust anyone who has fucking for a middle name. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, you forgot about the son at the end. You know, someone who actually. That, oh, is that his like Esquire? Esquire, <laughs> yeah, son. Of course, of course. <laughs> right. Obviously. But yeah, next week, as long as Jim doesn't bogart the podcast, I promise you guys will get to talk about games. Sick. Promise. <laughs> I'm so sorry it didn't happen this time. That's okay. Honestly, <laughs> this is the perfect week for it because I've been playing a hidden object game on my phone. And other than that, it's just been the normal shit. So I had nothing to talk about. <laughs> you were an integral part of this podcast, Brooke. Thank you. I just want you to know that. You were the crendor of this podcast. <laughs> I was absolutely oh. the crendor of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I had my coffee, and that was it. That was all. That I. That's you what are I, a crendor. Oh man. I just want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast today, and thank you to all of the awesome hosts. Uh, thank you so much, John. What is coming up on your channel, John? Are you covering more Fallout goodness? Are you looking at anything else? Tell us what's I'm, up. I'm just swirling around the maelstrom of Hitman and Fallout 76 right now. It, it's Hitman and Fallout 76 in every direction as far as the eye can see. <laughs> So they can find you over at youtube.com slash many a true nerd for that they content. They can indeed. Well, that'll be, yeah, uh, look at the Hitman 2 level Santa Fortuna in Colombia coming up later tonight. A little bit of hashtag wholesome content pertaining to 76 at midnight for the actual when the launch was supposed to bloody be, but wasn't. Uh, you had just plans. Basically just 10 minutes of me going around and having nice conversations with new players and giving them free stuff. Because I wanted awesome. just, you know, I wanted to just read some nice wholesome stuff related to seventy six. There's been a lot of negativity around it. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to make some wholesome content about Good that, guy, John. and then back into not wholesome content of seventy six tomorrow, where we just get back into murdering everybody. Yay! In fact, but, actually, I think oh, tomorrow seventy six, some dick tries to pick a fight with me, so I have to go and shotgun him in the face. So the wholesomeness is very brief. The wholesomeness. Perfect. I went there. I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, what do you have coming up on your channel? What's going on? Um, Just the normal stuff. We're going to be uh, at DesignerCon. We're selling cat gang stuff at DesignerCon. Any of you who are in the LA Anaheim area, if you're going to be there, please come and say hi to Danny and I. Uh, we're going to be sharing a table with uh, Rubber Ninja from Game Grumps. Uh, so lots of cool stuff at our table. And other than that, uh, I'm going to be going to Oregon for Thanksgiving. So I have lots of streams from the houseboat. Holidays. <laughs> Man, I forgot that it's about that time. I know. From the houseboat. Yep. What about you, Jesse? What's going on? Do you? The quiet man. <laughs> do you want to see the quiet man? That might be a next week thing. But this week, uh, more Scary Game Squad playing Call of Cthulhu. The game is starting to get really weird. And then uh, Dukes and I are playing uh, the delightful shape-shifting detective. Yay! Um, so tune in for that. It is super. Apparently episode one is funny as fuck. And I want it is really, it's, yeah, I don't want to like, thank you for doing it for me. It's really funny. Uh, so tune in. It's awesome. rare for me to be involved in recording something and for the other person to come to me and be like, 
we were really so funny in this. It was very, yeah. I was laughing uh, a lot while putting it together. So. <laughs> um, also, CoxCon, that's the thing. And I believe tickets are on sale. Yeah, uh, we announced our little first wave of uh, guests. And even though it's not until July, July of next year, July, until July of next year, it is uh, tickets are on sale now. And uh, we have a few, few more surprises left, but I could, I'll never tell. He's going to make the Co-Optional Lounge play the quiet man. <laughs> I'll never tell. I'm kidding. Oh, thank yep. you guys so much. Oh, sorry, Jesse. Do you do you have something else? No, I said okay. yep. Oh, oh, okay. My bad. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the Co-Optional Podcast Fallout seventy six Tear It Down Edition, sponsored by the Quiet Man. Um, <laughs> it's really horrible. Uh, we'll be back next week, usual time, usual place. I've been Jenna Bain. That has been Dex Bonus. I can point in the right place. That has been Jesse Cox. That has been Many a True Nerd. John, thank you so much for coming um, onto our show. And we will see you guys next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Yes. Oh, goodbye. Yes. Yeah. Ta ta.